Welcome to the Bethel Free Baptist Church Weekly Sermons. This is the morning service of Sunday the 8th of March 2015, entitled Renewed Resolve for Running the Race. And the Bible reading is taken from Philippians chapter 3, verses 1 to 21. Here's Pastor Larry T. Curtis. Let's take our reading first of all, if I invite you to stand to honor the reading of God's most holy and precious word, beginning in Philippians chapter 3. And verse 1. Apostle Paul writing to the church at Philippi under inspiration says, Finally, my brethren, rejoice in the Lord. To write the same things to you, to me indeed, is not grievous, but for you it is safe. Beware of dogs. Beware of evil workers. Beware of the concision. For we are the circumcision which worship God in the Spirit and rejoice in Christ Jesus and have no confidence in the flesh. Though I might also have confidence in the flesh, if any other man thinketh that he hath whereof he might trust in the flesh, I more. Circumcised the eighth day of the stock of Israel, of the tribe of Benjamin, and Hebrew of the Hebrews, as touching the law of Pharisee, concerning zeal, persecuting the church, touching the righteousness which is in the law, blameless. But what things were gained to me, those I counted loss for Christ. Yea, doubtless, and I count all things but loss for the excellence of the knowledge of Christ Jesus my Lord, for whom I have suffered the loss of all things and do count them but dung, that I may win Christ. Be found in him, not having mine own righteousness, which is of the law, but that which is through the faith of Christ, the righteousness which is of God by faith, that I may know him and the power of his resurrection and the fellowship of his sufferings being made conformable unto his death, if by any means I might attain unto the resurrection of the dead, not as though I had already attained, either were already perfect, but I follow after, if that I may apprehend that for which also I am apprehended of Christ Jesus, Brethren, I count not myself to have apprehended, but this one thing I do, forgetting those things which are behind and reaching forth unto those things which are before, I press toward the mark for the prize of the high calling of God in Christ Jesus. Let us therefore, as many as be perfect, be thus minded, and if in anything ye be otherwise minded, God shall reveal even this unto you. Nevertheless, whereto we have already attained, let us walk by the same rule. Let us mind the same thing. Brethren, be followers together of me and mark them which walk so as ye have us for an example. For many walk of whom I have told you often and now tell you even weeping that they are the enemies of the cross of Christ whose end is destruction, whose God is their belly, and whose glory is in their shame, who mind earthly things. For our conversation is in heaven, 
from whence also we look for the Savior, the Lord Jesus Christ, who shall change our vile body, that it may be fashioned like unto his glorious body, according to the working whereby he is able even to subdue all things unto himself. Father, what a glorious reminder. Lord, of what we are in Jesus Christ and what lies before us. Lord, a glorious reminder of though we live in perilous times and though there is much wrong that is around us and much evil even being done in the name of righteousness. Father, I pray that you'd help us today as we look at this passage to simply be reminded that our resolve might be renewed. Lord, as we truly run the race the race of life, the race that we are in for the right goal and for the right price. For it's in Christ's name we pray, amen. A powerful passage of Scripture and therefore part of the reason why, but of course, it is a familiar passage to most of us. It's a passage that we often refer to at many times. It's a passage that... I don't know, it's been a good three or four years back that we looked through this passage, and I guess that one thing is I, I truly felt God impressing upon my heart of what he wanted us to look at here this morning. One of the things that really came back to me was how, because as you well know, I mean, we did a whole series through this on knowing God and running this race and those those things that we need to do in order to be able to run that race effectively and all those things. And, and so my problem this morning is not having enough to give you, it's being able to keep my mouth shut and not give you everything that's here, but just give you what the Lord wants for us today. Because last week, we really looked at this thought of how that we, as Christians, how that we would respond to what God was doing in our lives. You see, there is no question of the work that God will do in our lives. There is no question of God's goal for us in conforming us to the very image of the Lord Jesus Christ. There is no question on his side. The question is how do we respond to it when God begins to deal with us? And it's, it's always this great battle because most any preacher of God's word would realize that you know, sometimes we live in a day when we know the Bible would tell us that many people would just like to have their ear tickled to be told something that makes them feel good. I've been accused many times. Well, you know, I, I went to church and went along so that I could go on Sunday morning and, and, and be made to feel better for the week ahead. And of course, I don't know anybody in their right mind at least that wants to make people feel bad. Of course, the challenge for us and much of what the apostle is looking at here is that sadly many times we want to do what we're doing and feel good about who we are in the flesh. And he's going to great lengths here to remind those in this church and to be preserved, I believe, to remind us today that it's not in the flesh. We are. Paul obviously loved athletics, and, and, and he often referred to things that dealt with that. And, and here in this passage, he is giving us this wonderful illustration. Note, 
that he begins with this warning of, of beware of dogs and beware of the evil workers, beware of those outside because there is danger at the door. I said to you last week that you can be absolutely assured that when God begins to want to do something good in your life, the enemy is going to want to put a stop to it. It comes back to what I was saying, <laughs> that challenge. Because you see, the only way that we can ever truly be more like Christ is to be shown the deficiencies of our flesh, but the sufficiency that we have in him. It's all about him. It's all him. All that we are, every hope that we have, every strength and any chance that we have of winning this race of life that we are in, it's all in Christ. So on the one hand, today, I don't want to do it, <laughs> but if God wants to give you a good smack upside the head and say, remember, it's not you. You can't win this race yourself. You can have all the sincerities. You can be as sincere about it as you want to. You can put all your efforts into it. You won't win this race on your own, though. But with me, if you are running this race with me, you'll be a winner. You will. There is no doubt about it. But what goal is it? Where are we really going with our life? You are in a race. We're all at different spots. But you know, one of the things that I really want to hopefully give you encouragement with today is that today is a new day. You may not have ran too well last week or last month or last year. Matter of fact, you may have done terrible. <laughs> you may. You may have felt like giving up. <laughs> Matter of fact... You may have given up. You may have sat down alongside the road. You see, first of all, we've been looking this morning in our communion service and now being reminded of all that God has given to us. As a matter of fact, in the weeks running up to this in our Genesis account series that we'll be getting back to soon, you know, the last thing that we were looking at there is, is the acceptance of our offerings to God. We find that... We're reminded in all of this just how much that God has given to us. Of course, he gave us his only son. He's given each and every one of us a new birth when the old one was only leading to destruction. He gave us a new nature <laughs> when all the old one wanted to do was things to please this flesh. He gave us a new heart <laughs> to care about things that maybe we knew, we never knew that we cared about or that we never wanted to care about. He gave us a new life. He gave us a new hope when there, when there was no hope. He's also given us a new task, a new purpose, a new goal for our lives, something that's far more important than we ever had before. He's given us all a new future. And even as he ends up here, that new future, that one day we will have that body that will never get tired, that will never want to quit, 
that will never get tired of running the race, that'll never ache pain, all these prayers that we've had to pray this morning for these that are not well, for these that are suffering physically and spiritually and all these things, it'll be a thing of the past because he's already given it to us and in his promise, it's just as good as accomplished and done. He says, behold, I make all things new. One day, <laughs> there'll even be a new heaven and a new earth. Today, I want to remind you that he's, he's given you a new day, though. He's given you a new day. You can, and we'll look at some of these things. Yes, yesterday's gone, and last week is gone, and God has surely done some great things for you, but he's given you a new day today, and that means you've got a, a new start in this race, even if last year wasn't so good. Or even if last year was the best that you've ever run. We've got a new day, a new start. For some, that may be what you need. It's just a chance to start again. Maybe today God's wanting to just remind you, you are in this race, but you can start today afresh if that's what you need. Maybe it's a new hope. Maybe you're running the race, but you just don't see any way of winning it. You don't seem to be making it. You don't seem to be making progress towards the goal. You see it out there and you're going for it. And maybe today he just wants to give you that new hope. Of course, today, maybe, maybe God wants to give you some new responsibilities, <laughs> some new obligations, some new jobs, some things to do for him. Maybe God's got some new things for you in this year ahead that you never even dreamed that you could do. We've been praying very much for replacement, not for Brother Peter. We don't want to replace him, <laughs> but in the work that he does as our church treasurer. Maybe that's something God has got for you this year, and you would never even have dreamed it or imagined it. Keep praying. Be willing. You see, Paul, when he's looking at his life here in this passage, one thing he's making absolutely sure, doesn't he hasn't arrived yet. <laughs> he's not got to the end yet. He hasn't apprehended. He hasn't become all that he needs to become. And that's one thing that we need to realize. That's why I said, I don't care if you've just run the best year of your life or the worst. It's a new start today. There's something that God wants to do with you right now. And you're in this race. Maybe you just need to turn over a new leaf, as they say. Maybe you need to start your story on a clean page. <laughs> Maybe there's some of those things that, you know, Paul here is looking in both directions. He's looking back and he's looking forward. And he's recounting some of those things and he's recounting some of the, both the sufferings that he's had as well as, boy, some of the great privileges that he's had. Man, you think you had something to brag about? Me even more. <laughs> Look at who I was in this world's eyes. But he says, you know what? 
even though that I was so much there. I'm not where I need to be yet. <laughs> There's something more ahead. I believe that, you know, what he's really saying to us is though, and we'll get to this in a minute, you know, as far as forgetting, but he says, there's a lot of things in my past, but there's a lot more in my future. <laughs> I'm going to make a new resolve to what's before me, to what's ahead of me. I'm going to reach forward to those things that are before me. I'm going to press towards the greatest prize of all. Whatever else that I might accomplish in this life or not accomplish, whatever else that I might win, this is the race that counts. This is the race that matters. And that's where I'm going to focus is on the right goal. <laughs> the highest calling of all. <laughs> the high calling that he's placed me in, in Jesus Christ. You see, I want to just really Summarize this, if I can keep my mouth shut enough. This one thing I do, this one thing I do. He said this one thing I do. But then he go on making a list after that, forgetting and reaching and pressing. This one thing that I do. You see, there's one thing that he's doing. The one thing that he's going to do is run this race the way it needs to be run for the right goal and the right prize. But in doing that one thing, in setting that resolve on that, the first thing he says, he says, forgetting those things which are behind. Forgetting those things which are behind. What is God wanting to do in your life right now? You see, as I look across this congregation this morning, maybe somebody else will be listening to it later on the internet. The thing is, I don't know anybody's heart. I know this for an absolute fact, without any shadow of a doubt, that it's not God's will that any should perish, but that all would come to repentance today, wherever you are in life. Whatever you're facing, wherever you're headed, whatever you're doing, I can promise you that God's greatest desire for you is to give you life, to give it to you eternally, to give it to you through his son, Jesus Christ. Today is a new day. Maybe it's the day that you need to begin that new life with that new birth, with that new hope that so many of us have already forgetting those things which are behind. Because you see, whether or not that you would consider yourself to be lost or saved, consider yourself, wherever you are in your spiritual walk, I can tell you this, that forgetting will ever only begin in one place for any of us. That's that word called repentance. <laughs> Repentance, forgetting those things which are behind. You see, repentance is about turning around, turning away from those things behind us and heading in a new direction. Paul says, I'm going to forget those things. Repentance, 
is always the first step towards God. For the sinner, no individual, no human being that's ever lived or ever will live has ever or ever will be saved without repentance. I'm looking, Sue, excuse me for using her for an illustration. I remember when Sue got saved, you know, one of the things that stuck in my mind was that she had gone forth and she had prayed a prayer and she had done all these things before, but it was a very simple sermon on the cross of Jesus Christ. And she came to me afterwards, she said, I never related that Jesus dying on that cross had anything to do with my salvation. People can do all kinds of things and be fully sincere and genuine. I mean, after all, Anybody that's got a brain in their head, if you ask them if they want to go to heaven or hell, it's not a very hard decision to make. If you've got a choice, which one are you going to go for? But the truth is, our life, our destiny, our hope, it's all in Jesus Christ. I can look at other of you that are sitting out there and the same thing in different ways. There came a point in your life when you came to recognize and realize that if you had any hope whatsoever, you were going to have to turn and go a new direction. You were going to have to turn away from the world and everything that you had and everything that you had done and turn to God and cry out mercifully for God to forgive you of your sins. You see, we all begin that first step with that step of repentance. For the Christian, it's still repentance. We talked about that this morning in the communion service we find that it's only through repentance, turning away from the things of this world continually, that we can get closer to God. God wants us. Many examples in Scripture, we've been going through Genesis. What was that first question that God came there and, and asked poor old Adam in the garden? Adam, where art thou? Where are you, Adam? We saw God knew where he was. But Adam needed to, be, needed to realize that his sin had separated him from God. He was hiding. <laughs> he didn't want to face God. His sin had separated him. The great King David, crying out, God, restore unto me the joy of my salvation. He was saved. He loved God, but he wasn't a very happy camper, was he? <laughs> he wasn't enjoying his salvation. Lord, Restore to me the joy of my salvation. So many Christians, I hope you're not one of them, <laughs> walk around with the most miserable, sour faces in the world. <laughs> like something's wrong if you crack a smile or you're happy or you got joy. David wanted the joy of his salvation restored to him. Why? Because though he belonged to God, sin had creeped in. There are things in all of our lives, every day. We don't sometimes like to call them sin, but they are. And they hinder our walk, our fellowship. That's why Paul tells us in other places that it's necessary, essential to die daily. A lot of times, we know. I mean, just as soon as we've done it. Oh, stupid. Just as soon as we've said it. We know it. And thank God many times we repent right then. 
We know we shouldn't have done it. We turn away from it. We seek that forgiveness. We shouldn't let a day come to an end without making sure that when we lay our head on that pillow, that there's nothing between us and the Lord that shouldn't be there. We spend a lot of time there, but folks, we need to repent of a lot of things. We need to repent of the sinful acts. You see, don't think that I'm pointing my finger. We all, as Christians, need to repent of sinful acts. We'll never. You see, it's kind of a thing that there's a couple of things that can happen from your past. And Paul said, forgetting those things which are behind. Well, I'm saying to you, the only way, there's this one thing I do. It's kind of like, you know, there's only one God, <laughs> but there's the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. <laughs> it's kind of like when we've looked at the second coming of Christ. There's only one second coming, but it's in two stages, the rapture and him coming to set up his kingdom. We find here that Paul says, there's this one thing I do, but included in that one thing, First of all, I've got to forget those things which are behind. Now listen, if you don't repent of those things, you can't forget them. Number one, it's the Holy Spirit's job to keep reminding you. That's why sometimes when we've done those things, we kind of push the Bibles aside. We don't want to read that. We're not down on our knees where we ought to be because, quite honestly, we're afraid of what God might say. <laughs> Remember the little story I told you about the little country preacher that I knew? <laughs> you know, people always talk about wanting to be closer to the Lord and closer to the Lord and closer to the Lord. He said, huh, you don't bit more want to be closer to the Lord than the man on the moon. He was afraid if you get too close. Liable to reach over and whisper something in your ear. And he was a country preacher from the Appalachian Mountains that didn't have a whole lot of education. He told me that when I was just a young man that had just surrendered, and I've never forgotten it. And it's so awesome when I stop and think, Lord, am I maybe a little bit nervous about what you might say to me? <laughs> am I afraid of what you're going to tell me you want me to do or where you want me to go? You see, oftentimes, sin will do that. <laughs> We need to repent because that's the only way we can put it behind us. We need to turn away from it and seek from give forgiveness from the only one that can give it to us. Now, if you don't repent of it, you'll never forget it. And the Holy Spirit reminds you, but guess what? You do repent of it, it's still going to be hard to forget it. You know why? Because the old devil's going to be throwing it up in your face. All the Remember when you did that? Remember what you said to so-and-so? Remember this? Remember that? Well, see, i got news for you. If it's the devil that's telling you that, you can tell him to shut up to get behind me, and I'm going because that's under the blood. You can forget it and put you behind you. Of course, he ain't going to tell you. He ain't going to tell you at all if it's something that... He's afraid you might repent of. It's only when you have repented of it. He wants to keep throwing it up in your face. But it's under the blood. You say, well, preacher, how can I ever really forget it then? Get it under the blood. Get it under the blood. Repent of it. Sometimes 
It's sinful acts. It's things that you've done that you shouldn't have done. Sometimes it's neglected acts. <laughs> Sometimes it's the things that we were supposed to do that we did not do. That's the problem. Sometimes it's what other people have done and what we think about it. <laughs> it's just wrong spirits. may not have been something that you did or something that you didn't do, but you got all out of whack because of something somebody else did or didn't do. We talked about that some last week as well, so I'm not going to spend time there this morning. What are you saying, preacher? I'm saying that the Apostle Paul said there was one thing, one thing that he had to do. But in doing that, his first step was forgetting those things which are behind. I made a whole list of things. We looked at some of those things before. Our past sins, our past failures, our past successes, our past pleasures, our past unhappy experiences, our past blessings. All those things can be hindrances if they're in the wrong place. So we've got to remember that, yes, we gain. And the Apostle Paul saying, not that those things aren't there because he's actually reminded us of some of the things he was in the past, but forgetting those things, putting those things behind, not letting those things control them. One thing I do, and the first part of that is to forget those things which are behind and focus on what's ahead. Where am I going from here? What am I doing? And if I'm going to move forward, if I'm going to run in this race, if I'm going to win the prize, I've got to put those things behind me, behind me. I can't live in the past. I've got to move forward to the future, forgetting those things which are behind, reaching forth unto those things which are before. You see, as he puts those things behind, the next thing he does is reaches forward. There's an action. At the same time that those things are being repented of and put behind, he's setting his goals on something else. I'm reaching forward. I'm reaching for that which is above me. And of course, in all of this, he's using the analogy of, of the runner. You know, you're not going to win the race unless you're going forward, <laughs> unless you're going in the right direction, that you're reaching, you're pressing yourself. He gets to that in a minute. But he says, forgetting those things which are behind and reaching forth into those things which are before me, we can look at so many examples, but, you know, that's what, that's what Daniel had to do. He had to resolve that he wasn't going to defile himself. Now, Daniel had done some good things in his life, and here he was, and, and he was in captivity. But while he was there, he had studied God's Word. He was walking close to God. He knew there were certain things in his life that had to be different, and as he was begin to be ordered to do some of those things that were contrary to God's word, he had to keep a vow to live by what God had told him to do. He had to have a new resolve in his life regardless of the cost. And the cost was going to be dear. <laughs> but of course, God was with him. <laughs> you know, I can't imagine any of us... <laughs> that would choose of ourselves. yeah, 
put me down there in that den with those lions. <laughs> Let me go down there and show them what I'm made of. <laughs> but you see, Daniel took a stand. <laughs> World thought they were going to destroy him for that stand that he took. But he was reaching forward. <laughs> he was reaching forward. Jacob had to do the same thing. You know, he had made some bad mistakes as a, as a young boy. He'd sinned against his dad and his, his brother. He was running away from home. And there he was. He was having this dream. He saw this ladder that was extending from heaven to earth. He saw the angels going up and down on that ladder. What did he do when he woke up? I mean, here was a guy that was out there on his own. He said, Lord, if you'll go with me, I'll put you first. Matter of fact, you probably don't want me to remind you of this, but he promised God he'd even give him a tithe of everything that he had. Lord, you take care of me. I'm going to put you first in everything that I have. He was reaching forth. He was reaching forth to that which was ahead, which is what we must do. We talked about David earlier. <laughs> of course, David asked God to restore unto him the joy of his salvation. You know when that joy came back? First of all, he repented. He turned his back on the sin, and he got forgiveness for that. But then, how did he, how did he begin this reaching forward? Open your Bible to the very middle of it and read Psalm 119. <laughs> you know how David reached forward? Through the Word of God. Oh, man. <laughs> read Psalm 119. There's no place in your Bible where anybody extols the Word of God for what it is more than this one. After God restored to him the joy of his salvation, he gave God the rightful place in his life, and he began to reach forth through the Word of God. And you can read his prayers over and over again in those psalms. Yeah, I want to remind you today that, you know, we're not talking about you having to go learn some kind of rocket science here to run this race. We're talking about accepting the new day that God has given you to forget those things which are behind, quit living in yesterday, repent, put them behind you in their proper place, and reach forth. Reach forth for that which is ahead, for what God has before you. Reach forth, pressing towards the mark of the prize of the high calling in Christ Jesus why would we want to do that? And of course, again, remember, it's one thing that he's doing. The first thing he has to do is get going in the right direction in this race. And that's what the forgetting is, forgetting what's back there, putting that behind me, and then heading off in the right direction, reaching for that which is ahead, pressing towards the mark of the prize of the high calling in Christ Jesus, he's got to have the goal in sight. You know, I can, I can remember so many times. I can remember how that, I guess that sometimes physically you can push yourself to the very limit. 
You can get to that point where you feel like there's just nothing left to give. Find that you learn to reach down a bit deeper, a bit further, to not give up. One of the ways that I can remember in boot camp when they had us out there running miles and miles and miles and more miles, and there was never enough miles for them. You know, I couldn't see the end sometimes, but I learned to set a goal. I can get to that next corner. I can get to that next corner. <laughs> I can get to that next corner. You see, Paul is saying here, I'm pressing towards the mark. He's got a mark in sight. He's got a goal in sight for the prize of the high calling of God in Christ Jesus. What he's running for is of such importance. You know, in this life, sometimes people go to phenomenal extremes to win a medal or a badge for themselves or for their country. And it's a great honor to do those things. What's keeping the Apostle Paul going is the prize that he sees at the end, the greatest prize of all. No matter what else he might win and attain in this life, that prize of the high calling of Christ Jesus, that prize that's mine in the Lord, there is no other prize that is of more important than that. Why? Why should we run for those things? Well, there's a lot of reasons. You see, as we press in the running, it's like, it's like okay, he's, he's forgot those things which are behind. He's got going in the right direction. He's reaching forth in the right direction. He's pressing towards that mark. It's like when you, have you ever seen those runners when they're coming right up to, towards the finish line and they know that it's there and maybe it's a close race and they start leaning forward and they start stretching with everything and that's what, that pressing, that's the picture that he's giving there. Pressing towards the mark. He's running now. He's going in the right direction. He's reaching for it. Man, he is pressing for that finish line. He is pressing with everything within him to win the prize that's before him. And you know, the interesting thing here, he's not racing against the other Christians, Brother Steve. <laughs> it's not that we're out there trying to outdo each other. Sometimes that's what people get the idea in the flesh that we're racing, trying to outdo one another to be the superior Christian, to be the most spiritual person to that everybody else can think that we are anyway. <laughs> the race isn't against each other. <laughs> the one we got to beat is ourselves. <laughs> the one we got to beat is the flesh. <laughs> that's who we got to beat. The enemy's trying to beat you down. Is the spiritual me or the fleshly me going to win out in this battle? Because that's your greatest enemy that you're going to have to contend with. We press. A lot of things we could say there. We press on towards perfection, he talks about here. We press on towards perfection, that maturity and that perfection, again, is not in the flesh, it's in the spiritual. It's when we were all that we can be in Jesus Christ. Pressing on towards that purpose that God has for me. That my life isn't wasted doing all these things that don't really matter anyway. Pressing. 
for a greater, a greater compassion like Christ had for those lost souls to be one to him. Why? All kind of reasons. <laughs> if because of how much he loved you and because of all that he's done for you, because you're a citizen of heaven and not of this world, <laughs> because the Lord's coming back one day to take you home, to be with him, and he's got that new body for you that he's going to give for you at that time. There's a prize day coming, and there's glory that's coming. It is beyond our imagination, a day when all of our failures will be in the past. They will be behind us forever. You see, I really, really, and, and you know, the hard thing is I could look around at all of your faces today, and I could say, well, who needs this message today? I don't know, but I know this. I know that God knew who would be here <laughs> when he gave it to me. I knew God knew who would hear it. <laughs> I kind of argued with him a little bit because I said, well, Lord, if I start there, I really want, I want, I want to take a few Sundays. and No, just a reminder. Folks, we're all in the race of life. First thing you need to make sure is you're running, <laughs> that you're running on the right track. Because the world's track, it'll take you around and around and around and around and around in circles, and it'll never get you anywhere except eventually destruction. Oh, we could look at the paths, the roads, the broadway and the narrow way. Most people are heading down that track that's the broadway. And, you know, that's people that think that they're going to a good place. <laughs> that's not the lost people that don't care. That's the ones that think they're making the right choices, and yet it's leading to destruction. That's all those that are fooled. There's that narrow road, narrow way that we need to be on that path. We need to be running this race today. First of all, have you gotten on the right track? Are you running the right race? Are you running for the prize of the high calling of God in Christ Jesus? <laughs> you got to know the Lord Jesus Christ to go for that prize. I can't make you saved today, but I want to say to you again, you know, can I say this and you not take it wrong, but to understand the seriousness of it? You know, the Bible says it's the fool that has said in his heart there's no God. <laughs> well, today, it's a pretty foolish thing also <laughs> to even consider that there is a God and yet not do what is essential to appease that God, to please that God, to have a relationship with that God. I, I'm just saying to you, to leave here today not knowing if you're even on the right track, I can't think of a more foolish thing to do in this life, in this world. Well, if you don't know him, boy, you come see me, you come see one of these other preachers or deacons or any other Christian in here ought to be able to tell you how to get saved, how you can know today that you're on the right track. Christian, it's a new day. Has the battle's been tough? <laughs> Has this last week or month or year or maybe a couple of years, have they been tough on you? Well, simply saying to you today, the Lord, the Lord has given you a new day. And there is a new hope. There is a future that's before you. So today, I just want to encourage you 
take the opportunity the Lord's getting, getting you. Maybe you just need to renew your resolve. Hey, I can't like the Apostle Paul. I'm, I mean, if I need to, I'll give up all that other stuff for Jesus Christ. None of it. I mean, you know, I don't care how grand it is. It's nothing but dung in comparison to him, knowing him, what he has for me. Help me to get my priorities right. Thank you, Lord, for giving me a due day. I can. I can run the right race, and I can win this race when I've got Jesus Christ with me. But the one thing that I do, in winning this race to win it, I need to forget. I need to reach in the right direction, and I need to press towards that mark, the only goal that matters. Father, thank you this morning. Lord, I know full well that there's so much on some of these things that could have been said, but I pray, Lord, that as you've given us these thoughts today, that you would simply use them, Lord, as only you can, in the hearts of those that are here today. Thank you, Lord, that we can have that confidence of knowing that we are on the right track. We are in the right race. Maybe we're feeling tired and worn out. Maybe we feel like we're not making the headway. Maybe we feel like we're certainly not winning this race. Maybe you just want to remind us today that it's a new day, a new hope, new strength. Your mercies are new every day. Maybe there's somebody here today. Maybe you're needing to encourage them and lift them in that which they're already doing. Maybe you're trying to encourage them and show them that there's so much more that you can do with their life. Lord, I pray that you'd help us to thank you for this day that you've given us. Help us to forget those things which are behind. Help us to reach forth to those things which are before us. Help us to press towards the prize of the high calling in Christ Jesus our Lord. In Christ's name we pray. Amen. Mm-hmm.